What's up, everybody? What up, what up? Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome Come back. Didn't you do that last week, though? Mm-mm. Nope. Oh. I was, this week, I was going to say, what's up, Vagabond Nation? Is what that, up? Does that sound cool? I, I like that. Thanks, man. That's, it's kind of like Vagabond Nation. Yeah, like, you know when Bernie Mac used to be like, hey, America. You know, like when he always do that in his monologue. Yeah, that's funny. But that was, that was what I was thinking. It'd be kind of like that, like... Vagabond, Vagabond Nation, you know you know what I'm talking about. It's like, you know, it's kind of prepping our, our people, you know? They know. They feel welcome. Yeah. They're getting ready. And whenever Bernie Mac would do that, I was like, I was like, I'm with you. He's talking to me. <laughs> I am America. <laughs> America. Yeah. Rest in peace, Bernie Mac. Though. I know, uh, man. What a legend. I'm going to pour a little of my coffee out right now. Don't, uh, don't do that. I'm going to pour it right to my all right. Um, I hope you all are doing well. Uh, I know that. Uh, well, I don't want to speak for anyone else. And I, I honestly, I, if I say I know I am, I'm not really because I'm in the process of moving, and my, my life has been pretty miserable this week. And uh, but yeah, but I'm glad to be with these two uh, people, Mark and Santonio. Hey, man, you look happy when you. Pulled up this morning, this afternoon. Oh, that's because I got these new shoes, man. I yeah, they were. I was, wait, I was waiting yellow. for you to like say something about them. Dude, they bought as yellow as my teeth, man. They look nice, though. You know where I got them? Tell me. <clears throat> eBay used, used eBay. Hey, that's like a new. That's that's my thing, though. I've been doing this for years. I buy, like, if I see a pair of shoes I want, like, oh, I want a pair of hipster boots. I put type in eBay, used men's hipster boots or used New Balances. And, it's, and it was like twenty bucks, dude. Twenty eight bucks. Yeah, I got a brand. And everyone's like, "Nice shoes," you know. Those are five seven fours. They look good, man. Yeah, thank you. That's like the new thrift shop. eBay. eBay. I can appreciate that. Or the old thrift shop. Yeah. What's the nicest pair of shoes, St. Tony, you've ever had? Mm, probably a pair of Jordan sixes. Okay. What about you, Mark? Those airbrushed ones. Yeah, yeah. I had the Air a, Force ones. I got a pair of Air Force ones back in the day when like. Nelly had that song about Air Force oh, Ones. Yeah. And then, like, also during that time, it was popular, at least where I'm from or where I grew up, to get them, like, airbrushed. Mm-hmm. So I took, I got my fresh Air Force Ones. They were crispy white. It's great. And then there, uh, at the mall, I took them to, like, this kiosk in the mall. Like, what was it called? Do you remember? No, 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 I don't, because it was just, a like, a... It was an empty kiosk with, like, a, a flyer on it. It said, like, you, we air, airbrush shoes, and it was, like, we airbrush your dog. We'll, we'll airbrush anything. So I, like, called or texted this guy, like, met him in the mall, just handed him my brand-new Oh, <laughs> yeah, I would have took them things I was, ran. Yeah, I was, I was hella nervous about it, but it kind of explained to him what I wanted, um, and they came back, and they were, I still have them. I didn't wear them as much pink as I thought green. I would. They're, like, pink, green, blue, but, like, on the inside of one of them is like a city skyline. It says like baller. It says like something. New York. And then on the inside of the other one, it says 518. My area code. That's dope. Upstate New York. It definitely, what it definitely says baller somewhere on there, bro. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. It's like New York baller. And then. <laughs> it does. I remember them, bro. Bro, did you ever get like speaking to the shoes and taking care of them? Did, well, we weren't speaking to it, but. That's where I'm going with this. Did you put, like, you know how you, like, the toes get creased? Oh, yeah. Did you ever buy, like, the crease protectors and put them in your shoes? Nah. I I, just would stuff socks in them. 
I bought those for, for that was the only time I put like those crease protectors. Oh, you took those, those serious? Yeah. Do yeah. you wear? Are they when you wear them? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like you like tape them in to like the toe of the shoe, and it like prevents it from. Oh, you. you you would oh. stuff socks in yours when you wore them, Antonio? No, not when I wore them, like after you take them off. Oh, well, he's not worried about it, like, dipping down in his sleep or something. You know what I mean? Like, you get creases from, like, walking bend, in bending your shoes. it when you're walking. No, dude, you don't, when you got brand new shoes on, like a nice pair of forces or, like, nice pair of J's or whatever, bro, you don't bend your knees. You walk like you don't got no kneecaps. So that way you don't crease the shoe. Everybody know that, man. Okay. Come on. Okay. Well, not me. I, I, didn't I guess that. we didn't know. Yeah, man. All right. Could have saved me some money. <laughs> Education. Had I known that. You ever heard? Uh, you ever heard Air Force Ones called Uptowns? That's what they used to call them. Where you Mark's from? Uptowns. No, yeah. no. Nah, well, we got a pair of Uptowns. No, nah, that's. I like lingo. I like hearing different lingo from different spots. That's yeah. upstate New York lingo for you, right there. We just call them the forces. Uptown. Um, but then, so like I had those shoes, wore them here and there, took extra good care of them, and then we were doing a fundraiser or something for Vagabond and we were putting it was like for our marathon fundraiser and we were putting shoes using them as like flower pots like or something on the table yeah. yeah and so I gave my pair like no to way. Bob to use them and he freaking took sharpie and like drew like little designs on them. <laughs> like a diamond and like these like I mean it, oh, had boring. it not been like airbrushed it would have like looked cool but it didn't go with like the feng shui of no, what it already no. looked like, but it's all right. And you use it as a flower pot. Yeah. Well, no, just a centerpiece, not a flower pot. They were oh, just... yeah, yeah, maybe. It was just, like, on top of bricks or something. It's tough to, like, make it sound like it would be appetizing to be on a table with shoes, but I think, like, some of them we spray-painted gold and yeah. stuff. It's tough to describe, but all just, right. trust me, it was cool. It sounded like some heat. You had to be there. Yeah, you had, you had to be there. Shoes on the table. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, um, so uh, here at Vagabond uh, Podcast, we uh, we like to tell stories, you know, uh, if you listen to it. Last season, it was uh, stories from the street with a beat, um, and so it was just kind of one story every podcast. Uh, we're still kind of keeping with that, but just doing it a little bit more informally. A little more interactive. A little more interactive. Open table. Yeah, open table. I like there that, San Antonio. A little more open table. There we go. And uh, today, we uh, San Antonio is going to share his story, and uh, so yeah, we're excited about that. He's uh, he's a guy. I feel like everyone who meets him remembers him. You know, just people look up to this guy. Not just because he's tall. Here it comes. Not just because he's tall. Here it comes. No, no, bro. <laughs> I was waiting for it, bro. It's okay. We can edit all this out. Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> He's tall so and he's black. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We got it out of the way. Well, that's why they remember him. I was not going to say that, dude. That's so stupid. I know that's not what you're going to say, but me and Antonio were, were thinking it. We were looking at each other, smirking. Oh, that's so stupid. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, he's uh, he's the man today, so we're excited to, to hear from him. Thanks, Antonio. Yeah, man. Um, we we were filmed in front of a live audience, in case you guys are curious about the claps. Give yourself a round of applause, live audience. Woo! <laughs> oh, was that a bird in there? There, yeah, it was That's a bird. Crazy. I think it was on that pirate's shoulder, actually, sitting in the second row. 
over there? Yeah. See him. We got a pirate in the live studio. I saw, I saw him. I saw that dude yeah. Yeah, dressed yeah. up. Um, should I just start telling about myself? Y'all got a question for me? Yeah, I'd I mean, not a question, but I just would love to hear kind of your story of life and how, I mean, I know we, we were talking before, you said that, like, the story of how you came to Vagabond was, like, kind of weird and short. Yeah, right. yeah. So let's let's hear before that. Yeah, I can give let's, you a little bit before. Give me, give me the give me the rundown, bro. All right, all right. So I'm uh I'm originally from Maryland, Southern Maryland. It's a little country down there, um, area called St. Mary's County, Lexington Park. And uh, yeah, at home it's, it's like I don't know. It, it's nothing really to do, you know. Like guys where I'm from, they wear camo. All the time, they go hunt literally anything. They kill it, shoot it, even if it's people. You know what I mean? Like, hey, Yikes. brought something home, you know? Um, and, like, the the main attraction in my hometown is the county fair. The, at the county fair, they, like, pull horses. They, like, do tractor pulls. They, like, race tractors. They, like, see what's the biggest pumpkin, whoever has a, like, who can grow the largest largest pumpkin or like? Yeah, I want to know what what is uh what, is it, what do you mean they pull horses? Okay, so it's like is um, that what you were gonna ask, Mark? No, I was gonna ask what like what was your favorite thing growing up to do at the well, county Well, first fair. tell us what they pull horses. So like horses, so it's they call horse pull, but like a horse will pull. They'll like they'll like tie the... something up behind it and like put weighted whatever on like it, like a sled. Almost like a sled, yeah. Okay. And so, like, if it's barrels of hay, if it's a person, if it's, like, whatever else. I never went to go see it because I'm like, this is dumb. Like, why? Do, why? I don't know. I grew up, like, watching TV. And so I always see, like, BET, MTV, VH1, whatever, the music videos. And I'm like, I want that. You were probably into VH1, weren't you? Oh, I was in all of that. Flavor of Love? You okay. remember that show? <laughs> no, man. I, 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 I just skipped by VH1. I was... Dude, flavor of love I never. Was I was poor, so I didn't have cable growing up. Oh dang, oh, man! So, uh, sorry to. Yeah. That's all right. I'm, I made it out uh, okay, look, I think. Look at where you at now. Yeah. Huh? Pop up video you on VH1. You got those airbrushed uptowns now, Come bro. Come on true. now. You live Fresh. big. I worked the, hard for those. For the bottom to the top, bro. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's your favorite? Thi uh, I guess I got two questions about the county fair and you. Favorite thing to do. Favorite thing to eat. Uh, I think. Uh, they got like these famous peanuts at the county fair. Okay. I didn't, I wouldn't eat those, but like everybody, that's like the. <laughs> that didn't answer my question. All right, yeah, I just want, I didn't eat those, but they were like, it's like a we thing. We didn't say what well, they got famous. We said, what, what's your favorite oh, man, thing? Dude, I'm trying your to jog my memory, man. Oh, okay, Come on, okay. man. My bad. Um, I probably just eat like a, uh, they had, so we're famous for seafood where I'm from. Mm -hmm. So like, I thought it was peanuts. Which one is it? Make up your mind, bro. We're famous for both, man. Seafood, seafood and peanuts. with peanuts. With peanuts, oh. both. It's, you know, it got the little caramelized okay. onion on the top too. Um, no, yeah, it, it would probably be the fried oysters. Okay. Yeah, those are hella good. I mean, real good. We probably got one. You could say hella, right? Mark already said it. I did. I took a page out of your book. All right, bet. All right, so that's your favorite thing to eat. What was your favorite thing to do? So, like, I'm really into art, so they have, like, a whole art. They, so they everything is in a barn. That's the other thing about it, too. So, like, okay. all the little attractions. And so I would go to the art barn, and I would go look at it. My art would sometimes be on the wall, so that would be cool. Um, so that was definitely my favorite thing I like to look at. But 
Would you bring like your friends and family if your art was being displayed and be like, yo, check this out. I did that. Oh, everybody just checks okay. out everything. Yeah. I don't even have to tell them. They're like, oh, I saw it up there because it's oh, okay. so small. You know, like the, the county fair, is, I don't know, maybe like a, I don't know, it's just really, really small. Okay. I got nothing to compare it to. All right, so get back into it, man. You're at the county fair. Um, <laughs> damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's, 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 uh, Bob's got somewhere to be. Hurry up. <laughs> yeah, on the, on the clock, huh? How's Toby doing? He all right? Talk to him early. He's like he in distress. Oh. Saw the look on your face. No, I was just trying. I was just trying to let you know I'm still. I'm still hanging on. A, you know, so what's hanging on, on your every word. Yeah, bro. appreciate it. Ooh, that's real love. Um, mm-hmm. No, but uh, yeah. So like, it, it, it's just nothing to do at home, you know. And so like, I always dreamed about getting out. Like, what can? How can I get out? You know, I just this tumbleweeded town is is so boring. You know, the only thing to really do is, like, watch movies and make babies. And so, like, I'm I'm not trying to be in this in this small town that I'm in. I want to, like, I want to explore. Like like I said, I watch all the music videos, and I see all this worldliness happening. And I just wanted a lot of that, like, that, because it looked, like, fun to me. So I'm like, I want to, you know, check that out, see what life is like on the other side. And so, um... So yeah, man. Like I made, I made football my dream, and I made like NFL my goal to to make it to NFL, make millions of dollars, get my my family out of this town, and like yeah, put them in a real nice big old house, fancy cars, and like all the stuff. You know, white picket fence, Escalade. And you and you probably friends. had a bunch of people like hyping you up, right? Because I, if you guys had never seen Santoni, he's a big guy. Like he looks like he's a professional football player. I'm sure you, people think that still probably. They sometimes, think that right? I play for the Steelers. I mean, out yeah, here. How tall are you? Six what? Six, six four. Six so four. You know, what I mean, big guy, yeah, full of muscle. Three hundred pounds. Yeah. Now it's pure muscle. Three hundred pounds of pure muscle. Now it's now it's mixed with fat for sure, but it's all good. Oh, um, happy fat from being ooh, married. Mm, come on now. What? Yes, indeedy. Yeah. Yes, indeedy. Right, no, no, you muscular guy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> you were right. you were dreaming of being in the NFL. Yeah, man. And so, um, and so, yeah, I made I made that my goal. I made that like my I'm like this is how I'm getting out. And so I actually didn't end up playing football until my senior year in high school. Fun fact: weird, like I got really weird feet. Don't look at them; they're ugly. Of course, Bob needs to look under the table to take a little sneak peek. A little freaky. Bro, if, if you're worried about your feet, why are you wearing sandals? Oh, because I don't care. Oh, all right. Yeah, I don't care. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. and so I ended up playing my senior year, and uh, I'm like, I only got, like, one shot at this, essentially. So I'm like, I got to figure this out. I got to make it work. And so, yeah, man, like, played my ass off and um, ended up getting a scholarship to a university out in uh, Baltimore area. And, um, and yeah, it was crazy because, like, my dreams were coming true. You know, I'm like, man, here we go. Like, God has really blessed me at this point because people where I'm from, the school I go to, they don't, you don't, they don't get full rides for football, for basketball, for, like, really maybe, like, tennis. Actually, our tennis team was, like, amazing. You must have been, like, really, really good then if you only played for one year and you got a full ride. Yeah, and I was really cocky because of that, too. So, okay. it, like, it played a big role into, yeah, my personality at the time. Do you have a nickname? Uh, fat Boy. Really? <laughs> yeah. Were you fat? 
Uh, I, w- I mean, I don't know. That's just like what my family had called me. Family, no, I, my I, dad I, I didn't know if there was like a football nickname, bro. Like, I mean, it just kind of like rolled over. Fat boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. so funny. Fun fact, that was my dad's nickname for me growing up. Yeah, my dad didn't call me that. Oh, well, <laughs> I need, I'll, I'll need a Probably couch better. and a therapist to talk to you about that <laughs> later after the show. <laughs> my dad called me son. He nurtured me. No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing. Yeah. You must you know. be nice. You no, messed out, Mark. Must be nice. No, I actually didn't grow up with him. So that, yeah, all right. We'll bring the mood back down, up yeah, and we're, down. We're, Dang, the show's crazy. really tanking, bro. It's getting so sad. Man, it's a roller coaster. But, um, but yeah. So, um, yeah, ended up Full getting ride. the scholarship, yeah. and I would go to church on Sundays, and that's really it. I would just like reserve God for like a like an hour and a half on a Sunday. And I was an altar boy, so I would, yeah, sometimes listen to whatever the priest had to say. And so during during the homily and everything. And so one day after Mass, um, the priest came running after me. Not literally, but, like, he was kind of chasing me down, saying, like, hey, Santonio, wait up. I got a question to ask you. So I turn around. I'm like, what's up? How you doing, Father Scott? And he says, uh, what, what's your plans after you graduate high school? What, what you got going on? So I tell him, you know, about the situation. And he was like, wow, that's amazing. Congratulations. And I'm like, yeah, I know, thanks. And uh, and he's like, well, have you ever thought about going to the seminary? And I'm like, what's the seminary? And and he said, oh, it's a place where men go to study and become priests. And I said, oh, I see where this is going. <laughs> and he and so he's pretty short in comparison to me. And so I, like, I kind of d- bent down a little bit just to make sure he heard me loud and clear. And I said, no. No, I do not want to go to the seminary. I don't want to think about it. It's not not on my radar at all. I want to get married. You are single for the rest of your life. Like, no. Um, and he said, Well, how about you how about you pray about it? And I said, How about I sleep on it? So so that night I had these these two dreams. Um and essentially within within these dreams, it just kind of I felt like God was like calling me, you know, in a in a real in a real strong way to um, to at least consider him. Uh, and so I ended up, well, should I tell the dreams? Sure, man. I yeah, want to know where it is. I mean, I just don't know where we at all. No, 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 dude. Okay. We're, we're good. I, I thought I, it's the weirder the better, man. I'm like, want there to be like a talking flamingo who like told you to like go to the seminary or something. That, Okay. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, give us details, man. Yeah, all right. So I was I was in so the first dream, uh, I was in like this long line of little league football. And all these kids had like they were yeah, they had they were geared up, ready to go, ready to play a game. And I was just as big as I was in line, no gear on, and um just trying to figure out like what I was doing there. And it like this line went for like it felt like ten thousand miles and it led up to this massive castle. And uh, the line moved real slow. But when I finally got in, into the castle and there was a table and seated at the middle of the table was a bishop. And on the other side of that bishop were two priests. And they, like, motioned me to come forward, and so I do. And then they slide me a sheet of paper and hand me a pen. And I'm thinking, like, hmm, they probably want my autograph. They know I'm about <laughs> to blow up, you know what I mean? Maybe it's like a commercial. I'm about to get that Gatorade endorsement I've been looking for. I don't know what it is, but, like, I don't care. I'm about to sign it and see what happens because it's a dream, you know. And so um, uh, I sign it. I pass it over back to them. They take out this huge stamp. They stamp it, and it's two priests saying, unison, congratulations, now you're a priest. 
And I'm like, oh, <laughs> wait a second. Yeah, not the, <laughs> yeah, just not not the direction I thought that was all going. And so I was like, give me that back. I need to rip it up. I'm like, I don't want this to happen. So they give me like a bunch of books and like sweaters and mints and gum and whatever priests need to be a priest, I guess. <laughs> and so they're like, your locker's down to the left. Have a nice day. And I'm like, what the hell is going on right now, man? This is so weird. Um, I found my locker, put the stuff inside, pop a breath mint in, and I'm like, all right, here we go. And I slam the locker shut, and then I wake up. Did you put on the sweater? No, nah, I had a okay. fire outfit on already. Okay. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then I wake up, and I and I said, ooh, thank God, like, I didn't, I'm not a priest, you know what I mean? Like, that was just a dream. Uh, I said, the day I become a priest is the day I become, like, terrible at basketball, which is weird that I even said basketball because I got a scholarship in football, but I was just so cocky. You know what I mean? I'm like, there's no way I'll ever be terrible at football. So, like, if anything, sure, basketball. But I'm good at that, too. And so uh, I, re- I remember, yeah, the next night I have another dream. I'm playing basketball, and it's, like, NBA level, you know, like, lights, camera, action. I'm walking into a stadium. There's, like, these fat heads on a wall of, like, people holding them of my face. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I like I'm eating it. I'm eating it up. And uh, I remember in the, in, the, in the game, you know, I missed every single shot, every single shot. And my teammates wouldn't shoot. They were just passing the ball every time. So, like, I woke up from that super long, miserable dream. And I'm like, man, no way. Like, I'm going to be a priest? Like, nah, this is crazy. Like, I, I it just – it just was hitting too close to home, you know, something I really didn't want to entertain at all, like mm-hmm. the idea of my life being over and, like, giving up my actual dream of football for, like, these two dreams I feel like God is trying to, like, communicate to me mm-hmm. through. When you woke up from that second dream where you're like, okay, like, God's trying to tell me something, like, did you know right away? Yeah, I was pissed. <laughs> yeah, I was did you tell anybody about it? Not, not, not initially. Not initially. After like, after like a lot of figuring out and and discernment and all that stuff, I eventually went to Father Scott, the priest who like asked me to hey be a seminary or whatever, and said, yeah. Uh, so I, I spoke to him about like what he does. And I'm like, dude, if you work one day a week for like an hour and a half at max, maybe it's not a bad job. Like I do that. What do you do for the rest of the seven six days? You know what I mean? Vacation all the time. Like I do that. Um, but yeah, I, so I told, I told him about it, but that was really it. It's funny. You said like, I'm not going to pray about it. I'll sleep on it. And then God was like, okay, well, here you go. Sleep on this. Hey, I'm going to meet you where you at. Yeah. Yeah. You just yeah. slap me upside the head. Cause I wouldn't give him no attention, you know? Um, so that, yeah, that was interesting. Um, but then, then I eventually like, yeah, try to like figure this stuff out. I'm like, all right, either I'm a. I guess maybe go to seminary or I'm like, I'm going to do what I want to do, play football. Um, so, like, in my room, I had, like, a bunch of, like, crucifixes and, like, holy cards and rosaries on my wall and stuff like that. Not because I prayed. I never prayed. I went to youth group once every other week, but I didn't didn't care about none of that stuff. I didn't care about going to mass, really. Uh, it was just something I had to do. I had all that stuff on my wall because I felt like I needed protection, and I figured, like, oh, this would be be helpful and so uh and so I, I like took one of the crucifixes off my wall and uh and I started to like really stare at it and I'm like I don't get it man it doesn't make any sense you know they say like this Jesus God man died for me to have life but 
I just don't understand it. Like, I just don't get it all the way. And I had all my sacraments up to that point and everything, but I don't, I never paid attention, I guess. Um, and so even though I didn't understand it, I said to myself, you know what? I've never heard anybody refute it, never heard anybody go against it, not once. And so I said, it must be true. And so, like, if this is true, if this Jesus God died for me to have a shot at life, I might as well give him the first shot at my life to see what he wants me to do with it. Mm. And so that's when I decided to go on ahead and uh, start exploring seminary and see see what that was all about and see what that was like. And what was everyone's reaction? Like, what were people saying? Oh man, um, they were all, they they thought I was dumb. They're like, "You a fool." Even your own family. Um, my grandma was happy. My mom said she always knew I would be involved in the church somehow. She just wasn't sure how. My dad was like, "You sure about this?" You know, like he <laughs> he kind of that was that was tough. That was a tougher uh, interaction at the time. And my sister was like, "You stupid." <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what you're thinking. You know, you, this is like a miracle that you were even able to pull that off. But hey, you know, your choice. Who am I right. to make your decisions for you? But, uh, yeah, it, it, but it wasn't that hard to make that decision. Just because, like, I don't know, I, in CCD class or whatever growing up, I would, you would hear, like, the stories of, like, Abraham. The dude was, like, God told him, like, hey, kill your only son that you've been trying to have for over 100 years. And he was like, all right, God. I'm like, dang. Like, if he told him to do that and he was willing to do it, like, who am I not to just give up this scholarship? Like, and that's the other thing, too, is that, Michael Orr, that movie, The Blind Side, had just came out. And I'm like, if this bum can come off the street, literally, and and do that, you know? I mean, he's not a bum. He's, yeah, Super mm-hmm. Bowl champion, dude's like all the accolades at this point. But I'm like, if this dude can just come off the street and do this, I can do that. I can do that. You know what I mean? It's not hard. And so. Um, so were you thinking, like, if seminary doesn't work out, I could still make it to the NFL? I could still go. Okay. Cause I'm like, I'll still work on my athleticism, you know, still go to the gym and all this stuff. But God had different plans. Yeah. So I didn't end up being a priest, obviously, married now and all that. Um, How long were you in seminary? Spent four years. Spent four years. And I mean, that, but that's like where I really started to like, like that first, those dreams that I had were like, that's when I really knew who God was in my head. But like my time in seminary was when I was able to know who God is in my heart a lot mm. more. And so I was able to really kind of, um, yeah, just like mature in the faith a little bit more. And honestly, it was so tough, like learning all those, like everything that, well, not even everything, but a lot of the teachings and practices and devotions and all the things that come with being Catholic. Like it was a lot for someone who just was living for the culture beforehand. You right. know what I mean? Like went to church once a, maybe on a, once a week and then, Never thought about God after that. So, um, crazy adjustment. So, um, quick question. Because I know, like, in conversations we've, we've had before, you've told me of other instances that, like, God has communicated to you in your, in, like, in your dreams. Does that happen, like, often? Was it just a couple times? Is that, like, what is that like? Yeah, it's interesting. It seems like whenever, like, something, like, either I'm going through a hard time or somebody else is going through a hard time, you know, um, God might throw me a dream here and there and say, like, hey, I want you to, 
I want to I want you to have like put your attention towards this and your time and efforts. Um, and then I'll you know talk to God about it, figure it out, and I'm like all right, I I think I got it. We'll you know go from there. Uh, I've just I would ask that because I just I find that super interesting. I don't think there's ever been a time where like God's like clearly keep communicated to me through a dream. So that's just. I mean, it's definitely biblical. You know what I mean? It's, oh yeah, no, no cool yeah, for to, sure. Yeah, you, you think it's not legit, Mark? <laughs> I wasn't questioning I, I could it. See him I just, you that it I didn't just really wanted to know that. more about it because it's foreign to me. But I like, I know it's biblical. I know, like, no, you look like you didn't believe when oh, he was saying. I, I saw he was looking like this. Here we go. I, I don't. I'm. I'm not judging. You, I Mark. just wanted to hear more. It's fa- like it's fascinating to yeah. me. That's why I was asking the question about it. Yeah, it is cool, man. Um, no, so fascinating. It's fascinating. Um, so you know, I, I know you know how your story ends, at least up to here. You know, what I mean, you said you're married now. You you work for Vagabond. Um, how did you make the jump from? Because I know you worked in the Diocese of Philly before Vagabond, um, doing stuff with Urban Ministry. Like, how did you make that jump to like, all right, I'm gonna, um, and not necessarily just the steps, but um, what's that been like going from okay, maybe I'm called to be a priest. Uh, no, I'm I'm married, marriage, but then like also just the ministry aspect of it. Because I think like when we were little, I know for me a lot of times it was like, well, if I'm gonna be all in for Jesus, I'm gonna be a priest. You know, it's like either. Like that option, you know, like I'll I'll either be a priest or I won't really follow God, you know. But like really, there's there's all kinds of ways, right? We could we could follow God, but like, what's it like that God kind of gave you a, a different, uh, you know, different path? Like, what's what's that been that that journey been like for you? Um, it's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, that was yeah, good. good yeah, that's questions. a loaded question. Yeah, sorry. Um. Yeah, so like when when I left seminary, like initially. Uh, the vice director at the time gave me some real good advice. He said, dude, leave, don't even look back. Like, don't, at this point, you should assume that your vocation is marriage. And, like, if for whatever reason you get dumped by a bunch of girls, then, like, maybe come back and talk to me. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you should be fine. Um. So, like, yeah, I mean, just, just I kind of, like, kept that in my at the forefront, knowing that, like, all right, I'm not going to go back to seminary unless God is, like, clearly going to speak to me or give me another dream or something like that, you know? Um, so I just, like, went full speed ahead just trying to figure out, okay, what's next, what's next, what's next? Just trying to, like, work on myself because um, it's a weird transition <clears throat> um, coming out. But, um, yeah, like, landed, I landed at in Philly, and that was cool. Um, that was That was great. I loved that job. It was amazing. Uh, but making that jump from from Philly to Vagabond wasn't too hard when the building's already coming crashing down, you know. Um, and so I would say it was like a pretty, pretty easy. Well, actually, at the time I wasn't. I was done with ministry. I'm like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. I'm. I was 28, and I was like, oh, I'm burnt out. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. I just had a good conversation with my fiance at the time, um, and. Now my wife, so mm-hmm. same woman, same woman. How long you been married? Mm, been married for, it'll be four weeks tomorrow. All right. Come on. Come, come on, on, studio audience. Give them a round of applause. The audience likes it, man. Yes, sir. Um, would, would you say, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'll try to ask the question. When you were in seminary, you're going from, like, 
fallen in love or like knowing Jesus in your heart, is that where the desire to do ministry came? Like in that time spent in the four years in seminary? Like how do you go from leaving the seminary to like, all right, I'm going to serve God through doing ministry? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think just like you said, like I kind of had already, like, yeah, I had known God from like those dreams that I had in my head, but like, yeah, I had fell in love, love with God and during my time in seminary, just like growing in that intimacy of prayer and everything like that. And uh, we would do like service trips from time to time. I worked with the missionaries of the poor a little bit and uh, other <clears throat> religious orders doing like work like that. And so, um, and so, yeah, I think my heart just kind of became a little bit more geared towards that kind of a life and lifestyle um, versus like, I don't know, trying to be an engineer or something like that. Uh, and so I think just just knowing that I love interacting with people, like encountering people, encountering the poor, uh, and like discovering and like, yeah, not discovering, but like uncovering like Jesus within a person, like that kind of like puts my, like, yeah, it gets me on fire. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so I, yeah, I remember like when I was leaving, I said, what am I going to do, man? Like, how am I going to make money? I love, I love God and I love people, and so I thought maybe I'll be a missionary. But then I found out you got fundraising salary, and I said maybe I won't be a missionary. <laughs> and so uh, I became a teacher, um, and uh, and that was cool. But like I felt so confined within the walls. Like I would do, I would have like some great ideas to have with my kids. You know what I mean? And then the principal would come in a room, and she's like, "What is all this? Shut it down." And I'm like, "Whoa, we talked about it." You know what I mean? So it was weird. That was a weird teaching situation what what grade or what were you teaching i taught religion for like the whole school it was uh uh like pre-k three to eighth grade okay yeah but then um but then yeah i i eventually was like maybe i'll check out that whole missionary thing again and so i ended up being a missionary with focus for a few years and that was cool uh and then that landed me the job out in, in philly working for the archdiocese um i have a question for you man so <clears throat> I uh, I know you're making fun of me earlier because I was going to say you're black. Uh, no, you wasn't going to say it. I knew it. <laughs> um, but like, what's it been like? Um, like, I, I feel like, man, it's a, a, a at least like you know, like some of like, and I'm sure Mark, you could attest attest to this, but like some of um, the like the teens that have been like my godsons, or I'm I'm just thinking of a few, Mark that that. You've had that are like guys that you've either done RCIA with or like brought into the church. Like sometimes, like I I see like it's a wound, like it's hard for them, like as a black Catholic, like that they don't, they didn't have a lot of like, um, just they didn't see an, enough black people like in leadership and in other positions like that. And um, I noticed, man, just like when, like we had you speak at the Vagabond Camp the first year, like just what a difference. Like they, they just, you know, they really love you. And it's like so cool that like they have, um, you know, that they have someone that, because like, you know, like even when we go to a conference, like if there happens to be a black speaker, it's a big deal for them. Like just because, and I, and I understand why, you know just because, like, there's someone who looks like them, and there's someone that they could just, like, oh, this isn't just, 
a church for these people or that people or the church we go to in Pittsburgh, it's, it's, it's mainly people of color, you know, but like, um, what's that been like, has that been cool for you? Was that ever something like, I don't know where the part of Maryland you were at or what your church was like growing up, but like, has that been a cool, uh, like piece for you that you've been able to like, um, be that kind of, you know, light for some, some of those guys, man, or is it, um, it hasn't really crossed your mind. No man, I mean that was that was part of the reason why I decided to to join Vagabond. Like after being in Philly, um, it was like after um, yeah the murder of George Floyd, I uh, I was just so so like fed up, man. So many emotion was going going through my mind, and uh, anger was one of them. You know, just yeah, <clears throat> like living. Living the reality of being black in America, no matter where I go, you know, it's, um, it 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 can be it can be scary at times through like another person's eyes, but it can also be really really joyful. And like you know, it's, it's it's fun, man. I mean, I don't know how many slang terms we come up with and how many crazy dance moves we come up with and our like style and outfits and fashion. I mean, it's 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 beautiful in our culture in general, um, but. Uh, but no, like that was that was one of the things that really drove me to to being a vagabond missionary because for me growing up, my mom taught me how to survive, and I just get tired of like of hearing how to survive. You know, I want to, I mean, for my own kids, you know, I want to teach them how to survive and and thrive more so. You know, and so uh, I don't have any kids yet. Hopefully, one day uh, I'll have a football team full of them. But for these kids that we work with in Vagabond, you know, I, I'm tired of seeing them surviving. Some of them, you know, they end up getting killed, um, and it's real, real unfortunate. Uh, but I wanna, I wanna teach these kids how to, how to thrive, and, and that's what, that's what really kind of drove me, you know, um, just on a, on a per, on like on a human level, you know. God also just like, definitely came with the, with the supplication and prayer. They're like, yes, this is what I'm calling you to, um, but. But yeah, I mean, and, and so it's it's been real cool, you know, like hanging out, hanging out with the kids in the Hill Hill District where I where I worked at last year. Um, Which ironically, your last name is Hill. Um, yep. So it was. It's your district. Nah, a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, you said it on me. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man. I mean, it, it, I fell in love with these kids, you know, and like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, it, it's interesting. I've never had a. I've only had an older sister. And so to be like a big brother, and some of these kids see me as father figures, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, man, it, it, it's beautiful. I just got a phone call the other day uh, about one of the kids. He's like acting up. I'm like, man, come on, dude. And it's just some stuff going on, you know, in, in life. And so I, I got to, uh, I just got to reach out to him, you know. I still hang out with these kids. I'm not like completely mm-hmm. not in their lives anymore because I'll be, crazy detrimental but uh but yeah yeah man i mean it, it's 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 beautiful you know it's, you know it's funny hearing the seminarian story um like does give a little more context to you because you know i remember when uh, i heard that you were going to come be a missionary and uh i was like no way dude. i mean like because I, I mean your last position was a pretty big position working at an archdiocese you know like and then to to come be a missionary, I mean, I felt like that was just such a bold, like, 
kind of bizarre like that you're like man i'm, I'm gonna do it I'm, I'm gonna you know it's like just reminds me of like a disciples the way they just like yeah i'm in i'm, I'm gonna do it and uh so it's kind of cool like hearing that story because i feel like man it gives a little bit more like oh well it kind of makes sense for your life man you, you mm-hmm. seem to that's how you seem to follow god it's it's cool it's inspiring yeah it's inspiring for me thanks yeah we're just a real humility in that of like not not worrying about whether it was like a lateral move or a downward move or up what you just this is what God's calling me to do, and I'm I'm gonna do it. It was definitely downward, but it's I mean, <laughs> I mean I didn't want to say that, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know that. we all knew it. No, we were all man, thinking I'm, it. Hit a serve, man. Hit a serve. No, no. It's, it's awesome, man. It really is beautiful. Yeah, thanks thanks for sharing that, man. How has it been for uh, your wife? You know, like does she does she uh, appreciate the ministry? Is it is it hard because it's it's a consuming like it's a consuming kind of ministry? It you is. know, so like. There's times I know just being, I mean, sure, Mark could tell the same kind of story, but, you know, like where your your spouse, I mean, it's, it's, it takes a toll on, on them too, you know, when I think uh, when it comes down to like you giving so much to the ministry, how's it been for her? Yeah, this, this job is definitely easier done single. I like, <laughs> I envy the sing, single people who are able to just put so much into the kids, you know, and the youth. It's not impossible to do it married, though. Not don't, impossible. Don't scare away you yeah, know, the not, married people listening to this podcast thinking, <laughs> thinking about Mark was the being first. Missionary. Mark was the first married missionary, right? Mm, maybe, yeah. Or was uh, Andy married before? Might have been Joey. Huh, I don't know. Who knows? It's so long ago now. No one knows. It's a, it's a mystery, really. But you, you, you're in a long line of, of good married people, so it's yeah. a company. I did it in every stage of life, though, like as a single person, dating, adolescent, gauge, gauge long distance, married, married with children. Yeah. All so, right. So you can give talks on this. It's, yeah, it's possible. I tell people that, like, when married couples or whatever, like, ask or interested, I'm like, it's, yeah, it's doable for sure. I, I'm living proof of that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it just takes, you know, both parties being being all in yeah man it is it's definitely difficult like i couldn't imagine um i mean like yeah like last night there was a reunion for like the damascus uh camp reunion of like everybody getting together all the teens and everything like just sharing where they've been how's it been since and it started at like 6 p.m and you already know you got to have rods and pickups starting like 45 minutes before that mm-hmm. and then getting to the location. And then I think it like it ended up wrapping up at the end of the night by like 930 or something like that at like final drop-offs. And so my wife, she gets off work at 5. There's no, I mean, you know, I would have missed mm-hmm. dinner. I would have yeah. missed like mm-hmm. just living life with her, you know what I mean? And we're still in our, yeah, the honeymoon early. phase. Well, I wasn't going to say that. I would just say, yeah, pretty much though. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> I get it. Yeah, you're right, yeah. dude. It, it, it's and that's a that's a heck of a sacrifice. But obviously, the cool thing is, man, like your missionary heart. Like I'm sure that's like one of the things that drew her to you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she, she knew you as a missionary. Um, cool, man. Thank, thanks so much for for sharing all that. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. We'll have you every week, mainly because you're a host. Hey, there we go. Hey, oh, the audience likes oh, it. Oh yeah. Woo! 
so next week we will be back with uh, another story. Hope that you. Uh, hopefully, tune in you'll again. be back too. Yeah, hopefully. Um, if you're interested in uh, coming to be a part of the live audience, you can write us. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you're back again next week. We want to thank uh, Franciscan University for letting us use the George. Thank you, Bob Rice. Doctor Bob Rice. Doctor Bob Rice. Uh, we want to thank Dan Bozak, the man. With the golden hands, um, amen. For mm. uh, editing all the stupid stuff out of the podcast, and uh, if you want to find out more about Vagabond Missions, uh, be a part of the adventure. We would love to uh, have you join us.